Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus, pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. Hey, welcome today. We are so excited. You're going to get blown out of your seat. You're going to be blessed. I met this lady, Gary Meacham. I walked into this writer's conference and you know what? Honestly, I was just kind of tired. I was empty. I had just come off of the whole movie deal with my dad's movie, Victor. And I sat in the back and they had this lady and the Lord used her to just pour into my heart and just fill me back up. And so today I am so happy to have Gary Meacham here with us. Uh, thank you so much. This is such a pleasure to get to see you again and get to be on your show. Thank you. Well, let me tell you guys just a little bit about Gary. Um, one, she is definitely a speaker. She's a writer. She travels the globe speaking at conferences, retreats, events. She's written eight books. She has done a television pilot, produced documentary films, a film called God Loves Broken. Ooh, I want to see that. Um, she has highly acclaimed books, workbooks, DVD series that are used in churches. So if you guys are looking for a small group, I mean, you need to look into her material. She is the president and the founder of The Vine, and it's an organization that helps vulnerable children in Uganda. And this is so cool because you guys know us. My families are big Yankee fans, and she's actually married to Bobby Meacham, and he played with the New York Yankees. What position did he play? He was shortstop. Both of you guys have been involved in the professional baseball field for over 39 years, and you still love watching baseball after all these years? I do. I like watching my man, you know, oh, but, okay. but he's coaching now, so he's not playing, but it's it's still fun to see him and still I get excited to see him in his uniform. It's still really great. So I love that. You have two kids that are involved in the film industry. Right. Yes, we, we have three children. Actually, all three of them are because one does commercials and does some of of that type of work. Yeah, we love the film industry. That's why I'm so, so attracted to what you've done. And I just cheer you so wildly. It's not easy. You know, we're all about going after the loss. You know, there's a lot of people behind the four walls at church and I love them. We're, you know, we have a church here, ministry, and we love them. But boy, I love when an unsaved person has a connection through the film and comes to know the Lord. I, I just think that's great. How did you come to know the Lord? Oh, wow. That is my favorite question <laughs> to ever get to say or talk about, you know, for me, um, I was not raised in church. I was raised um, in a really tumultuous situation. Um, my father was a very young bank president in Colorado, which is where I grew up and had a lot of success very early in his life. But he and my mom's marriage was awful. And so one night my mom found him in the bank parking lot and he was in the car with a 19 year old young girl. And so she told them that the marriage was over mm -hmm. that very night. He was in a horrendous car accident and his car just tumbled off the mm -hmm. side of a mountain road 
between Denver and Boulder, Colorado, and a milkman found him at five in the morning, strewn over the front and back seat, paralyzed from the neck down. Wow. So now my mom has to fit into the role of loving wife at the bedside of a dying husband. But you know what? He didn't die. And so he was in ICU for six months, then a rehab center for six months, Mm -hmm. then he came home. And so my mom just began to drink. She was violent. And that was really my childhood. I was nine years old. My little sister was six, little brother three at the time. And so just kind of in this household, fighting so hard just to survive and and kind of raise my younger siblings. When I got to college, I just was like, see ya, done, bye, out of here. And what I didn't realize is I was carrying some habits and behaviors, mostly around food, that Mm. almost killed me. I was a compulsive binger, overeater, just got so big and heavy and hated myself, hated my habits. And then midway through college, I shifted. I started dieting and literally, really friend, just starving myself. And yet I was dating a baseball star. I didn't want him to know, you know, it was this whole secretive nightmare. So really on the verge of taking my life, One morning I thought, there's no way out. I'm anorexic now. I was a bulimic binger prior to to moving into anorexia. And I just saw no way out of my turmoil with food. And so I was gonna take my life that day. I went into one of my roommate's rooms and everyone was gone as God would have it. She had this great picture of Jesus on the wall. And to this day, I love that picture. He's so handsome, his hair is kind of blow dried back and he just has the warmest smile. And I just said, Jesus, whoever you are, if you're real, make yourself known to me. I have nothing, nothing in life that I can trust. And it sounds so corny, friend, because I didn't know the word saved. I didn't know the word salvation. I never heard those words. But in that moment, something completely happened to me. Weights came off my shoulders. And it was a couple more years till I was completely free from food issues. And I've actually written three books on the topic and and do everything I can to let people know they can be free in these areas of their lives. But that day, when I said, if you're really real, Jesus, make yourself known to me, that was the beginning of my my love for Jesus. And I've been a wild woman for him since because I know how real he is. Nobody was pushing anything on me. It was just me and him and he made himself known. Gary, that is what Jesus does. He takes us in our broken state. He takes us the way we are. And I love that scripture in Corinthians. It's one of my lifelong scriptures that if we give our hearts to him, you know, um, in him, we become a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things are new. And I know that today, you know, our ministry, we actually have a home called the Mercy House that we started 50 years ago. And we have women that have struggled with food addiction. And we we have found that that has been a very difficult struggle. But I believe that the same way that God can deliver us from other addictions he can deliver us. So we're going to have to have you come speak to these girls one day because, you know, even in the home, we have to lock up the food and have certain hours. And, you know, we create an environment where we want them to feel at home, but we want them to overcome. And it's when they surrender to Jesus Christ that he comes in and just wipes them clean of all of that. Hearing what happened, you know, with your father, your mother, you know, you look at somebody like you and you're like, wow, she had issues like that. So many people, they look online today, 
we look at social media, we look at Instagram and we're like, she can never understand the road I've been down, but you've, you've gone through some tough things. What would you say is probably one of the toughest things you have had to face? Oh, wow. You know, it's funny. I've lived a long life. I have a lot of years I still want to live, but living through so many things, you know, I, I think probably for me, one of the toughest things was dealing with the infidelity in my marriage I married my sweetheart, the baseball star, and we married at age 22 and went on to this kind of life. He was a New York Yankee, as you mentioned, and, and you know, we were the Christian ones on the team. He was the chapel leader. I was the Bible study leader all our years in baseball. It's never changed. So I kind of thought our marriage was safe from that because we were the Christians and I begged God, please don't let me marry a cheater given what I had gone through with my own father. And, you know, it, we were about 10 years in to our marriage, three kids, and Bobby came to me. And, you know, we were kind of starting to hit these walls of not getting along and fighting about everything. And that just wasn't the way we functioned. And he came to me as God. It was almost like the Holy Spirit at just the right time opened up the doors for him to be real and honest and at the risk of losing everything in his life. He he shared that he had been unfaithful. Now, it wasn't just a one-time thing for some years in there. And it was the most excruciating pain because in my life, it was hard for me to trust people. I never really had a dad or mom that I trusted. And Bobby was the one. He's the one that I trusted. I gave my whole life, my heart, the only man I'd ever been with, um, you know, physically, all of that. And to go through the pain of that kind of infidelity. I, I know, you know, some that are listening now, maybe you've been through that. Maybe your marriage could not survive it. Somehow God, because Bobby completely went to the depths of who he was and at the risk of losing everything said, I have to be right with my, my savior. I have to. And so watching him do that enabled me to be able to trust that God could perhaps, um, remake our marriage. And I say remake because you can't band-aid it. I mean, yeah. it really has to be remade, right? And and so it's another amazing thing because God tends to take the things that almost crush us and, and give us ministry in that area. So we really do love helping pro athletes or any marriages that are struggling with that particular pain to, to understand that there is hope that if they're willing to do the work, they can rebuild and God can remake something beautiful. So your question, you know, I, there's been so many things with our kids and just internally that I've, that I've gone through, but I think for me personally, that was the darkest I felt during we, the separation and during the time that God was actually trying to repair us. Friends, to see now what God's doing, I mean, I think about if we hadn't made it through, we've been married um, 38 years now, and to think of the years that we would have missed of just his his glory, his triumph, his his plan. You know, I'm just so thankful. But the enemy, wow, he likes to he likes to rip you apart. And with God, all things are really possible. They are. What a testimony of God's grace. You know, I know, Gary, women are listening and maybe they haven't found that healing, but there is healing. And the promise that God gives us 
is not that it's not going to rain and the storms aren't going to come and the wind's not going to try to blow you off of your block. But in your darkest hour, we know that God will not abandon us. And that is the hope and the glory. You know, yesterday I had Dr. Barbara Lowe. She was actually interviewing me for a show that she does. And I began to share about my marriage and how God healed it. And, you know, we didn't go through the infidelity, but we went through a lot of other things. And I remember as a young bride and as a Christian, like you were saying, like you knew the Lord and here you are, you're the one giving the Bible study. You know, nobody ever expects that. And I remember packing my kids up and and driving away. And I just thought, this is what... I thought my life would be like, I kept myself, I was, you know, with my husband. I mean, he's the same thing, you know, the only one I'd been with. And I just thought, I just saw my whole life crumbling before me. But one day the Lord, you know, I always go back to the word of God. And he said, if I take care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, how much more will I take care of you? And that was a big trust. Because, you know, just like you and your husband, you deal with broken people all the time. And sometimes it's easier for us to pray for somebody else than to stop and believe that God can see us through. So your testimony of overcoming, and not just you, you and your husband have overcome, and you are changing the world for Jesus. And um, you are in Uganda doing amazing things. And I got to hear a little bit about that. Like, how did we go from getting healed to like this call and this passion for Christ? You know, um, it's so funny. When you fall in love with Jesus, you don't always know (laughs) where he's going to take you. It is such an amazing, wonderful adventure. Honestly, Um, anyone who says loving the Lord is boring, I would just (laughs) say, I don't think you're doing it right, man. That's right. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I... I was the type that never looked at like mission stuff, you know, and thought, oh, I want to go there. I want to do this. I want to do that. I was always the one saying, you have enough problems here. Why would we go elsewhere to try to look for things to help? But it's funny how God works. Um, I was in education for many years uh, as Bobby was in the minor leagues. After playing for 10 years, he went into coaching and, you know, we were raising our kids and and um, I had a friend whose daughter went to Uganda and at age 19, she saw a crooked orphanage Mm. that was stealing money and pimping out kids and it was a mess. Mm. And so she, uh, she basically shaved her head and she said, I'm staying here. I'm not coming home until we get this right. So she started a a, a place. She was able to rescue some of those kids, about 80 that were in that 180 um, children facility And so she came back to Colorado briefly to try to raise some funds before going back to Uganda. And her mother put her in touch with me because she needed to learn how to speak. And she she wanted to to talk to me. And she asked me if I would if I would help. And just because I loved how gutsy she was. Wow. I I had no love for Africa. I'm like, I can't believe I'm even on a plane going. But I went to help the teachers at her school. I went to speak and, and help women thinking one and done. I'll go, I'll be done. I'll check that off the list. I like her. Well, God completely slayed me (laughs) while I was there. I just, my heart opened in this amazing love. And so to make a long story short, um, I had led a, a young Ugandan man to the Lord up on a rooftop of a hotel. 
And this young man and myself decided to start something in a very underserved area. Um, I'm no longer working with him. It's it's myself and a team of Ugandans uh, that now run The Vine Uganda. But it is so stunning. And really, uh, to see the gospel, I've, I've shared this before. You know, we pray for revival. We are witnessing a true revival in Uganda where I will be invited into Muslim high schools to be blonde haired with my Bible. I'm like, are you sure I can say whatever I want? Yes, you can say whatever you want. And I will just speak the love of Christ and, you know, hundreds of hands go up for salvations. And and we're seeing this across Uganda. You know, in revival, you don't know how long you'll have to come in and just openly be able to speak the word of God and see that harvest immediately. But Uganda is such a beautiful place and the Lord is doing such a work there. And actually, so many of my Ugandan friends that are local pastors and whatnot, they're praying for America because, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. we pray for you all. You all need revival. I said, I know we need revival. So they're they're wise and sharp spiritually, but physically their lives are so impoverished. And so it's it's just such a joy to 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 do what we do there. I I'm so in love with it. It's one of the best joys of my life. Thanks for asking. Yeah. And you know, they're so hungry for the Lord. And you know what I love when you go to these other nations is like, they don't need air condition. They don't need a digital screen. I mean, we have all that here. I mean, if you go to our church, we have that in our building. I mean, I love it. It's cool, but they don't need it. And they will sit out in the sun. They'll wait for you. They're, they come with experience. Back to see, you know, I come home from trips like that, Gary, and I have to repent because this, the way we are here in America, we have a, a Bible in every color, in every shape. We can journal, yeah. we can draw, we can, and they're fighting for the physical word of God because they understand that the word of God delivers, it changes, it sets free. And I can just imagine what those children must have thought or those young people when they see you walking over to their space going, who is this woman? Many times they have never seen anybody with blonde hair. That's um, right. Have your children That's been right. able to go with you at all on any trips? Yes. Um, uh, two of my kids have been able to. My oldest daughter has not. They love it. My husband comes. Bobby and I, we were just there in December, you know, with covid um, we had to shift a lot of our, our work yes. there, but we ended up doing a lot of food relief because people were starving. They weren't worried about COVID there. They were worried about food. Mm-hmm. And so we we just rallied and some churches here in Houston helped us. We were able to feed about 10,000 people Wow! in the villages and the, and the areas and, you know, really go after some of the most forgotten people on earth, the blind, the lame um, the the elderly, those that were literally forgotten, even from their own villages. It's been a stunning time. My sister packed all her bags and her and her husband went with their children to Ghana. I'm wondering, so I know where Ghana is. So I've been there several times and, but I don't know, this is terrible. I don't know where Uganda is. Is it South? Yeah. Well, we're right next to Kenya and, and <gasps> the Congo and Tanzania. So you, Maybe that gives a little bit of a picture okay. for you. Yeah. But wow. That's amazing that they're living there full time. That's where they, so they they were there for years. We planted, we have four churches there. And so my husband and I oversee the international churches that we have. Um, but I've always wanted to go visit other places. I've seen your work. So what if somebody wants to get behind the vine? How can they find that? Would they go to your, yeah. your website or where would they go? 
Yeah. Thanks so much for asking that question. Um, really, a couple ways. Definitely the vineuganda.org. That website sort of shows everything and leads to all that. Also, GaryMeacham.com. You'll see some things there. That website's a little different. It's, you know, more books oriented and and kind of girly. But the vineuganda.org is is really our, our hub. Um, but we love taking people. We do run trips um, quite often. We do a lot of big outreach there. We do crusades there. Um, and we love bringing people from everywhere. And we would love to partner with you, friend. I love everything about what you're doing. Our hearts are so kindred in, you know, so many ways with books and, and speaking and film and, and international work. It's really brilliant. I love it. Oh, well, I just believe that God really puts people in our path for a purpose. You know, as as um, two women that are leaders in the Christian faith, I also believe that, you know, women have to have friends and we have to have connections. And, you know, God is using women in such a great, great way. You know, I know many times, you know, you feel a calling and you're listening to Gary and you've heard some of our testimony and maybe you're one of our listeners today and you're going, wow, what great and big things. But sometimes a mission field is right in your backyard. Sometimes it's somebody that just needs a hug. They need to hear from the Lord. They need to see God's walking, his faith walking through your life. And so, but I want to encourage you, there is something about going to another country and whether you have another mission connection or you can get in touch with the vine, Uganda, it will change your life forever. You will never come back to this country again with an unappreciative attitude. I mean, it will wreck your life in such a great way. And I know it's probably done that for you and your kids. My kids have not been able to go yet. I've taken them to some of the other countries, but that is my uh, dream. I, I do want to take them with with us because it is the people are so loving and so yeah. grateful. And yeah. um, so I, you know, encourage listeners uh, about stepping into your calling. You know, last year with, with COVID and, and just the challenges, sometimes we tucker down and we forget that there's still a great need and the gospel has to go forth. And in the Bible days, there were sicknesses, there were pandemics. We just didn't have social media and news to stop us in our tracks, but people need the Lord. And so, you know, those that are listening today, let it be an encouragement, Gary's life, let it be an example that although you have gone through hard things, although it felt like, you know, the tsunamis of life wanted to come against you, Gary, you know, my friend, my sister, um, and those that are listening, you can still rise. You know, God's Amen. promises that he'll lift you up and he will put your feet upon a rock. Gary, you know, I just want you to maybe talk into that space. Somebody listening today that has just been disheartened by everything that's been, even in this last year, you know, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of loneliness, you know, what would you tell them if they felt so alone that they didn't even think God was listening? I wish, I'm sure you do too, friend, that we could sit across coffee from all the people that are listening right now and just almost hold each other's faces and just go, it's okay. It's okay. I know and I want to say this with absolute certainty that God hears and answers every prayer that we utter. Sometimes we don't really understand how he answers. So I'm going to I'm going to say something uh, to our listeners right now. 
The Lord will always answer what you're saying in one of three ways. He might say no. If he says no to something that's welling in us, it's because one of two things. He's either protecting you or he's got something better for you. He may have something so much better than what you're even praying and longing for. If he says yes, wow, run through those doors. You know it. Just run through those doors. But another way that he does answer our heart's cry is he might say, not yet, not yet, but but coming soon, not yet. So wherever we find ourselves, listen, he is preparing us. The call of God is on our lives as believers. I always say we think the call of God is something we have to do, but I believe the call of God is know me, not show me. It's just simply know me. When we know God and when we just say, Father, I want to know you, whatever that is, Jesus, make yourself known to me. Show me things. Show me the beauty and the real, just the gutsy love you have for me. When we live from that place, nothing will remain the same. Nothing. We have a peace that surpasses understanding. And we can know with confidence that he answers everything we utter to him, even in this crazy you know, year we've just lived through as we move into this new year. I don't know if you do this. I do this every year. I pick a word and I really focus on that word. I ask God to give me the word for the year that that I'm going to really focus on. And my personal word this year is flourish. Psalm 92 says that he will plant us and we will flourish. It almost doesn't matter what's happening around us. He's going to flourish us from the roots up. And so we cling to each other as women. I'm so happy to to be your friend and sister. We cling to each other as women. We cling to to our Savior. We cling to the things that he's given us, even in a, a wonderful country we live in. We cling to each other and we watch what he does in this next time frame of our lives. It will be good. You will flourish. To know the name, you know, the name of Jesus. I love that. And, you know, listeners, if, if you're listening today and maybe you feel like you've just pulled away from the Lord, maybe those distractions and that pain is just kind of separated you and God is not where he needs to be in your life. Maybe he's not the center anymore. Maybe through challenges like we've talked about today, whether it's an eating disorder, an addiction, you know, pain in your marriage, maybe a child that's gone away from the Lord, whatever has separated you, God is saying, come back, come back. And the great thing is that God takes us exactly the way we are. You don't have to try to get everything together before you're good enough to come to Jesus. Anybody listening today and you say, you know, I want to make the Lord the center of my life. I want you, God, to come back into your rightful place and be the savior of my life. You know, whether you've accepted the Lord or you've just stepped away, maybe you just need to rededicate your heart today. You know, I don't always do it on every program, but You know, there's something that we can assume because we're listening to Christian podcasts or women that influence that everybody knows Jesus. But, you know, one time I'll never forget. And, you know, my my dad shares his story, Gary, but it, it happened to us. We traveled really far and we got to a hotel. And when we got there, we were exhausted and there was a flight the next day. And they said, I'm sorry, but we don't have your name on the reservation. 
And it is such, it, it was just such a shock because we were just so tired. There wasn't an alternative. And we thought, well, we're going to have to sleep in our car. You know, friends, I don't want you to come one day before the maker and not have your name, not have made your reservation with Jesus. But it's really, really simple just to ask him into your heart. And Gary, would you be okay with leading that prayer just for anybody that wants to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior? It would be my greatest joy. Let's do this. Let's pray. Yes. Father, we just thank you that you are God and we can rest under your wings. I thank you, Jesus, that you came, you died for us. There is nothing that can separate us from your love. So right now, if anybody is really at a point where they're just not sure that they've ever known you or ever surrendered, or perhaps for those friends that are listening that are away from you, they're far away and they want to be close again. Right now, Jesus, we pray in your mighty and matchless name that we give ourselves to you. We understand that we're sinners and that we've, we've fallen and that we need you and what you've done on the cross for us. We literally bow our lives down to you and who you are, Jesus. We give ourselves over. And we pray this in your mighty and matchless name as we are new and born from above. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, if you pray that prayer while you were listening to us, you know what? We believe that Jesus Christ became your Lord and Savior. And so look, plug in. I know it's tough right now with COVID. Maybe your church is meeting and maybe it's not. But, you know, go get that Bible and read the Word of God. Let it sink into your heart. It's going to give you strength. It's going to give you purpose. And just like you've heard this amazing testimony today, I believe that you're going to find your calling. And when you are operating in what God has for you, Gary, you, I know that you probably agree with me on there. There is nothing better than when you're in God's zone and his purpose and calling for your life. Amen. So, Gary Meacham, it was so wonderful to have you here today. Oh, sweet friend. I just, I wish I could just kiss your little cheek. <laughs> you're so beautiful. And thank you so much. And thank you for what you're doing for the kingdom. You are mighty. And it is an honor to lock arms with you in love with Jesus. Thank you so much, friend. It's really been fun. Amen. Well, hey, remember that when we put our trust in God, He will fuel your faith. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.